Shalom. <laughs> hey, everybody. Happy War Day. Peace to the Maroons. Welcome to another key of Maroon Cloth. I'm your host, Alan Dorleen. That Maroon Cloth. For my people of the Holocaust, of the diaspora, home and abroad. You know what I mean? Um. Anyway. Uh, I went to the range over the weekend, you know, and my accuracy has improved since the last time, you know what I mean? Like, my shots were a little spread out, I hit the knife out of the target's hand, things like that. And, um, you know, I'm getting tighter, I'm getting tighter, and I love guns, man, I'm, I'm just very fascinated by guns right now, um, because they have a certain context, historically, in this country, you know? I'm uh, I'm Haitian, so even though I was born in Brooklyn, New York, my parents, they're both Haitian natives. And one thing about Haiti is we had that Haitian Revolution in 1804, 1803, and we're regarded as the first independent black country, the first to defeat the Europeans and actually um, take our independence. And we use the weapons at our disposal in order to accomplish that goal. Machetes, guns, voodoo, whatever it took to drive the oppressor out. Now, in the United States, I think I might have mentioned this before, but the, the so-called Americans, they, um, they fought for their independence. You know what I mean? Those so-called white people fought for their independence. They didn't vote for it, anything like that. And I see a lot of people, every four years, they get caught up in exercising their right to vote. But I just wish that more so-called black people would exercise their right to bear arms. You know what I'm saying? 35% of Caucasians in the United States own a gun, and they're the vast majority. Meanwhile, only 19% of blacks own a gun. So that just means a vast majority of gun owners in the United States are Caucasian. And I think it has a lot to do. I think black people have been conditioned to have sort of a sort of a fearful response to gun ownership. You know what I mean? A very, a very timid response. If you're not, you know, out there committing crimes and it, it, it stems from a lot of things. Fear of being perceived as perpetuating negative stereotypes that are associated with black people who own guns, you know, and their tendency to be, or <laughs> the projection that such black people will have a tendency to be criminals, you know, rather. But I think that we should overcome that because this time was a little better. I saw a few brothers and sisters at the range, but most of the time when you go to the range, you'll see Caucasians and children as young as nine years old, eight years old, they're learning how to shoot. You know, um, weapons culture is ingrained in a lot of so-called white society. They go camping, they learn certain survival skills and things like that. Things that aren't necessarily a part of black culture. I think that black culture is too subdued and a lot of black people are too interested in looking cool in America. You know what I mean? That's what their life is about. It's just, you know, making it in America and looking cool. You know what I mean? So having a life, so to speak. But we need some legacy. We need some skills to pass down. Survival. We need to sharpen our survival instincts. 
our our survival toolkits. You know what I mean? We we have to we have to tighten up a lot because if we don't, we'll just be. Here's how I look at it. We live in a market where we're subjected to several nations. You know, you got Arabs in your neighborhood, you got Chinese in your neighborhood, you got Caucasians in in quote unquote your neighborhood and things like that and all you are is a consumer really if you want to fall for the whole pie in the sky individualism thing that america loves to sell through celebrities and such and such you know then you're you're basically defenseless and you're subject to to the other nations and that's a very dangerous precarious situation for black people to be in on top of everything else you know what i mean we need to be able to build things, but we also need to be able to defend them. Now, the United States proper was founded in 1776 when the Constitution was written. And um, the Constitution says that all Caucasian men are created equally, you know what I mean? And it gives them the right to bear arms. So they've had this right for 300 years, but... It only takes a few lessons to overcome that, you know, a few trips to the range, a few simulations, a few war simulations to overcome that 300 year gap between you and what's deeply ingrained in white culture. We need to make we need to make weapon ownership, weapon, um, weapon literacy, you know, weapon savvy part of our culture we we don't need <laughs> we're the last ones who need to be afraid of toting a firearm or carrying some type of a weapon to defend ourselves and the things that we create if you look back at black wall street um you know the tulsa massacre of 1921 tulsa oklahoma was bombed in a racial hate crime during a racial hate crime and Caucasians came in and killed more than 300 so-called black people and destroyed the neighborhoods of the city. There were airplanes bombing the city to purge the area of black people. It was, you know, hate crime. You know, this occurred after a false claim that a black man tried to rape a Caucasian woman. Um, in the Greenwood District, known as Black Wall Street, um, it was decimated. It was an affluent african-american so-called black neighborhood and it was destroyed by racist caucasians and black men were disarmed and imprisoned in mass and as the city was left utterly defenseless the caucasians went in and exploited the fact raping and murdering women and children and to this day survivors have not been compensated in true american fashion um you know they they had firearms, but more people should have been armed. You know what I mean? More people should have been better prepared. And we have this as sort of a lesson, something to learn from. You know what I mean? You have movements like the Black Panthers that are a response to these historical events. But, you know, the Black Panthers were compromised because there there really is no sense of brotherhood when you look at, you know, certain movements. And that's why they're easy to be to be hijacked and compromised and destroyed from the inside. Because first and foremost, we need to come together. We need to stop being individuals. We need to come together and gather ourselves as a nation. Otherwise, we're just going to keep 
being exploited and swept this way and swept that way. If if the lack of unity is something you want to fix, you have to look for a radical solution. And of course, it starts off with conversation. We need to implant the idea in the psychology of black people that they have that they're stronger together than stronger integrating into you know the dominant so-called white society or trying to love everybody except ourselves we need to love each other otherwise we're doomed in america to tell you the to tell you the point blank truth um you had rosewood in 1923 black town of florida that was burned by a caucasian mob after you know false assault accusation an accusation that a so-called black man assaulted a caucasian woman and a lot of this stems from you know 1700s 1800s anti-miscegeny laws because they were you know it, it all stems from the fear of genetic annihilation that caucasian have imprinted in their psychology that's why they project so much of what we go through on us so that we can suppress ourselves and so that we can make ourselves to be easily suppressed we have to undo that programming and we have to condition ourselves to to actually be able to come out of the white society you know out of you know history is told by the victors you know i don't see how anybody can be satisfied with that because you allow people to shape and mold your entire psychology and it's dangerous to have your oppressor over you in such a way where they're informing how you think and how you respond in in crisis mode because then they're you know it goes without saying they're doing it without your benefit you also had the charleston church shooting in 2015 most recently and you know the thing is history is heavily codified people are aware of the adage that history is written by the victors yet this somehow prohibits the exploration of the actual truth for a lot of people they just stop at history is written by the victors okay well if you know your victor is oppressing you if you know your victor is benefiting from your subjugation then it would benefit you to actually do the real work to find out what actually happened like even if you look at seneca seneca village or if you look at wall street back in the day they used to refer to black people as natives if you were looking at a history book you would just conflate that well you're led to conflate that with actual native americans one thing that people need to realize about america is that what is currently the united states it stems from a scion of great britain and at the at the time before you know the revolts happened there there were there was only a sliver of land referred to as america you understand and it was operated by great britain on the on the east coast of this landmass referred to as north america you know but outside of that the rest of this immense landmass was run by the spanish the portuguese if you look at brazil brazil is mostly black people it was you know most of the black slaves went to brazil but as for north america it was spanish portuguese mainly french dutch and this sliver was English, you know, like, and the Spanish, the French, everybody, they were pumping in slaves by the boatload, literally, 
And so this country was full of black people that had nothing to do with so-called America. And a lot of them were able to escape. They were able to escape and they were able to to go among native tribes and join themselves onto native confederations. So you'll even see that there are black Cherokees and things like that. Because the history of this country is very codified. So they try to separate people through, you know, indoctrination and the way that they teach them so they don't understand the actual history. It's it's hidden in plain sight. They use code words. It's codified. They use code words and things like that so that the history can remain hidden in plain sight. So back in the day, you know, it's popularly understood that, you know, you had hate groups like the Ku Klux Klan and they would burn churches and, you know, things like that. They would just burn churches and it's just made to seem like, you know, the Ku Klux Klan, they were just evil and the black people in the churches they were just so pure that the Ku Klux Klan and the hate groups they just hated the racist Caucasians they just hated black people so much that they just burned their churches because they didn't want them getting closer to God you know but one thing you need to understand is that back in the day those churches were used as a foothold politically for black people that's why a lot of movements a lot of mobilization came out of the black churches to fight for civil rights because they were going in there they were organizing and they were strategizing on how to win their rights and of course the fear of genetic annihilation that caucasian people have on a fundamental level it made them very nervous and they burned down several bases of operations that's why a lot of churches were burnt and you know that's why in 2015 at the Charleston, you know, church shooting, they um, they were open to attack because they just wanted to pray, with you know, love everybody and pray with that little white boy. And unfortunately, those lives were taken. You know what I mean? But we need we need to reinstall, reinsert that warrior spirit into our psychology. Is my point. So I suggest everybody just look into guns and look into gun laws and work towards being able to defend yourself and defend those around you. If you want to build something of substance, if you want to join something substantial, then you should make yourself as dangerous as possible. You should instill as much discipline in yourself as possible. The discipline that comes with owning a weapon and operating a weapon and teaching your children about gun safety and um weapon safety you know what i mean we need to we need to gather ourselves up we need to become a nation but to do that you have to be able to defend things otherwise it gets plucked in the wind we need as many warriors as we can get otherwise we'll always be outnumbered and we'll you know we're we're more susceptible to losing heart i'm not saying numbers are everything but we definitely need heart you know what I mean? Because we have to be able to defend ourselves. And, you know, look back to Harriet Tubman, who was freeing the slaves, you know, carried that rifle with her and she would have, you know, you know, she's known for <laughs> she's known for not playing games. And um, if you went against her as a black person, she she had no she had no qualms about shooting you. <laughs> Nat Turner with his machete. You know, he'd rather he'd rather fight for his freedom than just live as a slave for the rest of his days. And that's where we need to be at with it, man. You know, think of the Maroons who are fighting in the mountains. All over, you know what I mean? Jamaica, Haiti, 
all those Caribbean islands in the Americas. You had movements like that all over. We need, we, we can't be afraid of that part of ourselves. We can't keep trapping ourselves generation after generation and teaching our children to fear. We need to get stronger day by day so that we can defeat our enemy. And I'm going to leave it at that, y'all. It's, uh, you know, kind of, you know, just follow the little stream of consciousness from me going to the range. I'm going to keep going. And I hope you guys do the same. Just look into shooting ranges. They're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. So peace, y'all. Um, I'll see you next time.